Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning into Yvonne Latrell's podcast. I am the host, Yvonne Latrell. Co-host SC is here with me today for our Thoughtful Tuesday show. SC, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Okay. So um, today we have a guest. Uh, coming on later, and her name is Dr. Cheryl. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah, that's. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay, great. Okay, yeah, so she'll be on in 30 minutes, in about 30 minutes or so. And um, I do want to apologize, guys and dolls, about last Saturday it was a last minute thing, but I do have um I do have a TikTok page for those of you that do not know it's Yvonne Latrell's podcast. So you can always check that page and it will let you know if today's show is canceled or not. And like I said last time, you can always call in. The show number is five six three nine 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 three five four eight and if there's no show scheduled, then that pretty much means that we are canceled. But um, in other news, uh, do you have any uh, current events uh, that you would like to share, Essie, or anything in particular? Yes, but did you get the advertisements? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> I'm going to get to that. Uh, I have, let's see, um, if you um, are into hair care, you guys can check out www.lovealwayshops.com. Again, that's www.lovealwayshops.com, and that's for anyone that's into Hair care, and also, um, my gosh, I had um, the other advertisements. Um, okay, yes, Anna Black. She is an author. She has a book that getting ready to be adapted into a film and it's called The Perfect Love Storm and you can check out all of her books at her website it's www.annablackbooks.com again that's www.annablackbooks.com and D. Saunders he has a book out it's The Bait and Switch it's available on Amazon Dot com again that's D Saunders. He has a book out, The Bait and Switch, and it's available on Amazon dot com. 
And that's all I have for today. Did you have uh, anything, uh, any advertisements? No, I did. Okay. <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm trying to um, get more on this. Um, this is going into the news that I was going to talk about this evening about the shooting in Virginia at the high school graduation. I was getting... Um, people were sending me information about it because okay, I seen yeah. it on Facebook. Yeah, I got some family out there. I didn't hear you say it again. No, I said I sent it to you also. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't see it, but I was seeing a bunch of people uh, mentioning about it on Facebook, and a couple of my family members had said something about it. Um, it was in uh, Richmond, Virginia. They said uh, they have two suspects. Uh, five people were shot, and three of them have life-threatening injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. My son graduates in another two weeks. And it just makes me think, like, when I get around big crowds, you know, you got to watch everybody, you know. got to watch everything that's going on with you, you know? Yeah, it's but. really sad. Yeah, that these uh, these young people that, I mean, they don't take anything serious. They don't care about life. I have no idea what's going on with them. Just, you know, it's really sad. It's really crazy. This is supposed to be a amazing time, a new chapter in these kids' life, you know, they're graduating and then, you know, this happened. I mean, you see it every day on the news. You don't expect it to happen to you. You don't expect to be a story in the news, but, you know, hopefully the uh, three people that are in critical condition, hopefully that they pull through. Yeah, it's getting sadder and sadder. You know, nothing is nothing is safe. Last week it was the kid getting off the school bus. You know, then I think two weeks before that it was the funeral home that they shot up and they ran into. You know, it's ain't nothing sacred. You know, but you know, I I hope and pray that the families can get through this and the. Uh, you know, the people that were shot survive, you know. And uh I don't know. I'm I'm for I'm for the public being armed, you know, but it's like what 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 uh laws can you put in the place? Because people don't always get guns, you know, legally or illegally. That's never gonna be an issue for people to get a gun. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. This is getting crazier and crazier, you know, because like you said, you know, people going into a new chapter they like, and who's to say, you know, they would think that something like this would happen, you know? But, but, you know, life is going to be life, you know? But in other news, did you hear about the mother 
that was shoplifted in Florida. And while she was in the store, she was shoplifting. Her car went up in flames with two of her children in the car. Yeah, I'm not even laughing about um, the part where the car is on fire. But, like, I mean, you're taking your kids with you while you're stealing. Like, I mean, come on, that's crazy. So, I'm. Did they say what 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 caused the car to catch on fire? No, I don't know. They, I don't. I didn't. I didn't get too too far into that story. I was just like, damn, that's sad. You know, yeah. that's that's crazy. You know, it's like, like you said, there was another case in um, South Carolina with this, uh, this girl and her boyfriend. And he wasn't even the baby's father. He was just a guy she was dating. They went to rob this kid for his PlayStation. And they did it with the baby in the car. And the mother wound up shooting the guy for his PlayStation and killing her, you know? And the detectives were like, you know, like, why would you even think about putting your child in a situation like that? You know, but people, people are not critical thinkers. Everybody see that they need people to think for them. And it's getting crazy because you think about your thought process, you'd be like, well, you know, for one, I'm not going to rob nobody. That's what you're telling yourself. But for two, why would you bring your child? Like you said, why would you even think about, like, okay, kids, you know, sit in the car, you know, mommy be back, you know. And then, you know, how crazy is it that no, okay, uh, she's no, doing that? Yeah, with that, um, the the situation where the car had caught on fire, the kids were not in the store with her. She left the kids in the car, and it caught yeah, on fire. Okay, I thought you said yeah, that they were with her. But, yeah, she, I mean, like, you don't have a babysitter or something? I'm not sure how old the kids were. They didn't say um, or maybe I missed that part. But either way, like, you're stealing. Your kids should be nowhere with you while you're stealing, and you shouldn't even be stealing anyways. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. And also there was a another situation. I'm not sure if you heard. It was a black mother of four. She lost her life after a oh, altercation, yes. yeah, with an unidentified uh, white woman. And... They said that the situation had been going on, I think, since maybe 2021, and the the white woman were, I guess, yelling at the kids and telling the kids to get out, get off her proper property, and calling them racial slurs or whatever. And she took the tablet, one one of their tablets, and the mother went over. The black mother went to the house to, I guess, get the tablet or, uh, you know, I guess, have another disagreement since they've been going through it since 2021. And the unidentified white woman just shot her. And they said it's in Florida. To clear up that Mm -hmm. story, to clear up that Mm -hmm. story, the kids were in her yard and she yelled at them. They said she did use racial slurs. The kids left, and they left the iPad. The woman retrieved the iPad and took it into her house. The mother pinged the iPad and seen that it was in the woman's house. 
She went across the street and banged on her door, and she shot through the door. Yeah, that I mean, that's, that's just her. evil. Like, okay, you've been yeah. going through it. You still don't have no right to just shoot somebody. Yeah, everybody, like I said, uh, I think last week or the week before last, everybody, you know, it needs to be staying your ground states because it was one of those staying your ground, you know, custodial yeah, Florida, law yeah. states. I think it was Florida. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and everybody does, everybody thinks that they're right. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks that, oh, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to shoot through my door without any, you know, whatever. And that's not how that's, that, that's not how that works. Right. That is not how that works. You know, there's other elements that have to be added into it for you to even stand your ground. There's right, other exactly. elements. Everybody say, well, this is standing ground state, so I'm not going to be treating my house. I'm going to just start shooting. Yeah, but there's certain things that have to happen in between that. You know, everybody just thinks, oh, stand ground. I'm going to stand here, and I'm not going to retreat in my house. I'm going to start shooting. And then, no, other things have to happen. And for her yeah, to just you don't have the right to take someone's life. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but when you do things like that, that's reckless. And with reckless in the law, reckless is perceiving to know what you did was wrong. It could cost someone's life, mm-hmm. you know? So that was reckless. She recklessly shot through that door. Because who's to say I'm not Sunday morning quarterbacking it? You know, I would, if she would have looked through the door, seen it, and it shot. Or did she just say, hey, I knew I was just yelling at these kids. I know it's their mother, and she shot through the door. Who's to say the mother wasn't cursing her out? Why she's banging on this woman's door? But that's she could still have called the police. To yes, yeah, that's still give. That's not a stand your ground. That's not a stand your ground. You know. Um, she she but, could have called the police which, and said, um, you know, um, my neighbor is banging on my door. You know, whatever, whatever. You don't just shoot someone just because. Um, you feel like it just because you're you're evil. Your life is not. Uh, your your life wasn't in danger, so just, she has she has not been arrested yet. I'm pretty sure that she will be arrested. They they're gonna have to do something because I'm pretty sure that the people over in that area is you know gonna start cutting up yeah. as they should. Well. You don't you, know. you don't just take someone's life, like I said, you don't just take a life and then, you know, go to sleep. Oh, okay, I killed someone. I'm just going to go and, you know, have me a snack and go to bed. No. Yeah, well, we'll see how it plays out, you know, because it's going to have to play out somehow, you know, mm-hmm. for her or against her, you know. And, and it's not looking good from what people are seeing and what people are hearing of the story. You know, like, none of us was there, so we can't really say. You know, we can only go by what other people are saying about the story. Yeah. Know? But, but um, in other news. In other news. Did you... Did you hear about the shooting at the baseball game? I'm trying to find out where it was at. And these kids were playing no. a baseball game, and um, and there's a video of it. I'll send you the video. And the kids were playing ball, 
and you could hear the shooting in the background. And none of the kids reacted at first until I think one of the parents yelled shooting or something, and everybody started running. Some of the kids got down, but for the most part, everybody got out of dodge. You know, like I said, you're not safe anywhere. You know, you're thinking you're going to your child's game. And that that happened recently. Not that long ago where the, um, the, the coach or one of the referees, I think, got shot because of a call he made. I'm not too sure. I think it was recent. Or it could have been something old and I just seen the video recently. You know, it's like the sportsmanship is out the window. Everybody's a winner. Nobody knows anything about losing because, you know, that's the American dream. You know, you know, whatever happened to first, second, and third place, everybody gets a trophy now. You know, you right. teach these kids that, oh, you know, everybody's a winner. Even if you lose, you're a winner, you know. And these kids, they don't not learning valuable lessons that life will teach that's supposed to be taught. You know, you're not going to always get something that you want. You're not going to always come in first. But you should know how to handle whatever position you come in, you know. But mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me. You know, I don't know if you've seen the, um, the video of the, uh, the Chicago uh, chase. They was chasing this car, and this car blew a stop sign and ran into a school bus. And um, the cops got out and chased the guys or whatever. From what I know, the kids were safe, you know. And um, mm-hmm. they chased the guy. The video's up. You know, I've seen you that too. You know, it's it's just crazy, man. This world is just losing it, you know. Wherever you turn, there's nothing good on the news, you know. And I guess if it is, it is, it is good. You know, you only hear about two to five minutes of it. You know, it's never nothing long term, you know, so. Yeah, well, it is Mental Health Month, so we will be having a few shows on mental health. And if you have any um, family members that's going through depression because, you know, depression is, is real, you know, a lot of people don't know how to handle it. And it's also Gay Pride Month, so we're going to be talking about that also. We have a few videos that's coming out on that, so just stay tuned. Yeah, with the the mental health thing now, you know, um, I'm pretty sure that at least 85% of the world have suffered some type of mental health, some type of depression, you know, especially after um, Don't COVID. take COVID. Oh, my you gosh. Know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. You know, a lot of things got exposed. You know, people couldn't go outside. People had to be stuck in the house with their family. People didn't have the freedom to just be free. The world was just closed down. Nobody was yeah, trying. Yeah, it's so much other things. I don't I don't see I I see that as an excuse. I mean, I know that's how you see it, but I don't know, maybe because I mean, I wasn't like I mean, I wasn't even sad. I had COVID uh like twice or whatever, but I'm just saying, um 
I I just wasn't uh, depressed. I don't see how someone can just um, killing someone because of COVID. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. I don't see it. Yeah, though. Yeah, okay. And I'm not even just talking about that. I'm not just just talking about that. I'm just talking about the world in a whole. You know, people will live in paycheck to paycheck already, and then they will put out of work. A lot of people, you know, suffered from that. A lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah, child. but they had the furlough. A lot of people they wasn't. Had, they had they the had furlough the for people. Furlough, like for the people that yeah. was out of work. Yeah, but so, how well was that really working for everybody? You know, we can't we can't talk about things that other people were going through because we weren't going through it. You understand what I'm saying? We can't talk about something, you know, that you don't know what people were suffering from before COVID. You know, you might not have experienced any hardship or whatever, but that doesn't stop other people, you know. And that's another thing that everybody, they get, we get into this thing of, oh, well, it didn't affect me or I don't see how, you know, it's not for you to see. It's not for you to see because it wasn't your experience. You didn't have I mean, uh, so all you, of us did go through it. All of us did go through uh, COVID, but you yeah, are but always we, saying that um, after COVID, everybody went crazy. Like, that's not an excuse for someone to not, just go oh, into a Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, what? It, I'm was, it was COVID. COVID was the culprit of a lot of things. It was. People were suffering prior to COVID. But COVID exposed a lot of other things as well, you know. And and you can't, you you can't, you know. Okay, for instance, you know I, you know everybody talks about oh my back hurts, my arm hurts or whatever, and then they look at me and be like, well man, I know you went through the accident, so who am I to complain about my little situation? That doesn't negate the fact that you're hurt or something hurts you. You understand what I'm saying? I would never take that away from people. The, the what they went through because I didn't go through it don't mean that it didn't affect somebody differently than me. You understand what I'm saying? Like I mean, I, I get where you you're coming from, but it's like you're that I don't know. It's like you always say that. Um, that's why people went crazy. I mean, I think the worst part of COVID is so many people lost their lives. So, I mean, I think that was the bad part that, you know, the sad part that a lot of people died. But, okay, so we couldn't go to a restaurant. We couldn't go here. We couldn't go there. But I don't see that as a reason like, oh, man, I'm, um, you know, I have to be with my family. So I'm sad. I want to kill myself. I want to kill somebody else. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see it as like a I said, reason. Like I you don't you... – like I said, you but don't know people... Yeah, but COVID is over and people are still crazy for no reason. So you think just because COVID being open that over that people mental illness is over or things? No, 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 no. I did not say that. No, I'm just saying they were they were crazy before COVID. You don't know. They that. didn't you just can't get say crazy that. just because of uh, just because of COVID. I believe, and like I said, my belief, I'm not telling anybody they have to believe what I believe. I just because believe they don't. that a lot of things was exposed. <laughs> you know, a lot of people had issues 
that they had to deal with now. You know, a lot of things, you know, people couldn't get a lot of things. People had to watch family members die on a monitor. Yeah, but that was a, yeah, that was um of that, but not just because uh, I'm saying not because of the shutdown, the people dying. That was the saddest part. Yeah, but like I said, we can't tell a person how to tie their shoes if we never wore a pair of those shoes. And we everybody's always quick to say, well, it didn't affect me or it didn't do this to me, but that doesn't say that it didn't affect somebody else differently. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem with, you know, people were mentally ill prior to it, but I'm just saying that it helped it along. You know, and like I said, my personal belief, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so I don't know. It's, you know, oh, you know what, too? I wanted to talk about, um, I don't know if anybody's ever thought about, you know, setting up their funeral arrangements, you know, prior to their death, going to a funeral home and say, hey, this is what I want to do. You know, this is how I want to be buried and this, this, that, and the third. I, I said that I was going to do that. I said I was going okay. to do that. Okay. Well, I see something interesting today. This lady had, um, and she documented it, and I'm going to see you the video too. She documented mm-hmm. it, and she set up for her funeral and everything. She said what she wanted on tape or whatever. And she wanted mm-hmm. to be buried at sea. And they show her funeral. And mm-hmm. they show it's very interesting, you know, how they put the, the, the casket on the boat. You know, the casket got holes in them so that it sinks and everything. You, I think you gotta, you gotta go like, um, look at how many Nordic miles away off the sea that you can just mm-hmm. let the body, you know, drop it into the water, you know, because you gotta be out of certain waters or whatever, you know. And um, I thought that was interesting. I don't think that's what I want to do. I think I, I truthfully want to be cremated. You know, a lot of people well, say, oh, no, I don't want to be cremated, you know, but. Well, yeah, but that, remember I told you I wanted to get cremated. I I want my uh, ashes scattered over the ocean because I don't like the graveyard. Nah. I don't like the casket. I don't want to go down um, in the ground. And I, I did say that I was going to set everything up because, like, if I die before my mom, I don't want her to to think, oh, well, no, she don't need to get cremated <laughs> because she definitely disagreed. <laughs> she disagreed with uh, me uh, wanting to get cremated. And um, she was like, oh, well, I wouldn't want that fire on me. And I'm like, okay, and I wouldn't want maggots and stuff coming out of my body. Oh, well, you're not going to know that anything's just coming out of um, your body. I said, yeah, and, and I'm not going to know that, that I'm uh burnt up either i just don't want to be buried i don't know i know everybody is is different but it's so creepy it's so scary to me i just really don't like um i i i, I hate funerals i i really despise them i don't like them um you know when my dad died and just you know the you know when they have to lower the casket in the ground i think that's the saddest thing about a funeral I don't, you know, I just, I, I don't like them. And so 
Yeah, and then not only that, the uh, the obituary because like when when my dad died, it was a big old thing. Like um, they're they're arguing. Well, my one of my sisters um, uh, had a disagreement with one of my my other sisters about the obituary, and I'm like, hold up, you know, we just buried dad. Like we're not doing this today. And also, I hope I hope um, one of my sisters do not listen to this episode. But she she recently lost her her um, mother in law, and uh, um, she went on and on about the obituary. And I'm like, okay, well, the lady is gone, and you know, like my sister, like, okay, you're the in law. Okay, the the kids did what they want to do. Oh my gosh, like my sister just went on like every day. Oh, and I'm going to say this, like that that was not your mom. That was your mother-in-law. <laughs> Leave it alone. So, yeah. um I definitely want to have my obituary. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And it because I feel like it's not about, oh, and they love this person name. Oh, they love that person name. It's not about anybody else but the person who, who you know, who died. So, like, yeah. oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I think that is a great idea for people to, can, you know, to at least think of having their funeral funeral arrangements uh, prepared. I mean, you know, no one likes to think yeah. about it, but I think that's a good idea, as well as having life insurance also because, you know, you don't want to, you know, and a lot of younger people, they don't think that death is going to happen to them. They think they have forever. Then the next thing you know, they have a GoFundMe page um, trying to bury this person. So, yeah, I think that's um, a good idea. I just, I just, I just want mine to be simple. I don't want nothing extravagant, you know. Why are you going to spend all that money? I want people to come to my funeral and be like, damn, did they even care about him? I want to be buried down there in a cardboard box. You know, whatever money you can save, just tell them to burn me, you know. I wouldn't care. You know, I had a joke with my kids. I said, yo, I said, I'm damn what you do with my ass. You can see it on the, leave it on the fireplace, knock it over a couple of times and vacuum it up. It wouldn't bother me. I'm not here. You know, oh my like, God. yeah, I remember when Dad did this and just knocked you over. <laughs> 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 or even just flushing down the toilet. I wouldn't give a damn. You know, I'm not here no more. You know, it's like my worries and everything is over with. So, you know. Right. I mean, I do want, I, I do want the world to just stop for a moment when I die. And I do want everybody to be sad and to wonder how am I going to go on? How am I going to go on? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to be sad. Okay, yeah, another news. Yeah, it is nine thirty. <laughs> it is nine thirty and we do have a very special guest coming on. So yeah, we're gonna stop my foolishness for now. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I just border on. Good evening. Hello, how are you guys this evening? <laughs> Hi, yeah. how are you? We are great. Great. <laughs> Interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, me and, you me guys are much nicer than me. 
Yeah, she me and this one over here. Yeah, much nicer than me. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we, she, we're much nicer than her. <laughs> much nicer than me. <laughs> y'all family better, y'all family wow. better keep y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about the funeral arrangements? <laughs> everything, everything. The more I go... Uh, the more I've been involved in that process, the more defined my situation gets. <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. That's a crazy, you know, I, and I'm and I'm speaking from experience. You see a different side of people when yeah. somebody dies. Absolutely, Yo, a absolutely. Side, you know, absolutely. Money, I, my mother the, passed. My mother passed, and I saw things you never thought you'd see out of people. I saw, but that's yeah. okay. It, hey. It's not gonna be like that with mine. Even even down to the kids, the lo- they'll call yeah. you if they need you. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all the rain. They'll call you yeah. if they need you. Don't you come unless they call you. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> that's where it's at. <laughs> hey, don't come if you're looking for something. Don't come. Don't waste your. Don't put your. Don't put your shoes on. <laughs> All the fans. It's all done. Yeah. But we appreciate you coming on the show. And um, we want to start. Well, first off, how was your day? I'm sorry. Oh, it's been wonderful. It's wonderful. Anytime you wake up on this side of the dirt, it's a good day. It's people that didn't wake up this morning. So I am grateful and glad to be here and grateful to be in your face. I appreciate you having me. Oh, thank you for coming yeah, to the thanks, show. We yeah, appreciate thanks you. for coming. Mm-hmm. You know, but I got a couple of questions I want to ask you. Sure. And um, my my first question is, what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Well, I've always had this passion about cre- creating new things and, you know, making a mm-hmm. positive impact. So the idea of being a, being my own boss and having the freedom to pursue those ideas and the visions inspired me to become an entrepreneur. Okay, okay. So how do you define its success in the context of entrepreneurship? Well, to me, success in entrepreneurship means not only like achieving financial stability, but also making meaningful difference in the lives of the other, you know, the the people that you're going to serve through your products and services. Um, It's Mm -hmm. like creating value, adding value, you know, to the lives of others, you know, building a sustainable business. And then also it's a learning and a growing process. Mm. Okay. What you saying that? Could you share an example of a business idea you had that turned into a success venture? Probably about a year and a half ago, I was looking for, I have I have three LL, Florida-based LLCs already, but I was looking for something small to do, um, and because um, I always I always run up on these ideas, I see stuff, or see a need for something. So I, um, I saw this need, and um, I came up with this um, subscription service for dog treats. So I went and did some, you know, did the market did the market research, um, find out who the customers would be and, um, you know, funding and, you know, all, all the, all the basics, um, how, you know, how to market, who's the market, you know, who, who the, who's the target audience, all that good stuff. And I started looking it all up and eventful, you know what, I started putting it all together, whatever. And I got it all together and got it going. 
and um, it started being it, it started picking up a little bit, but. I was already in the, like I said, I was already in the, I'm already in the process of running three businesses. So, and um, I was a doctor. I think I was at the end of the doctoral program at the time. So I had to let, they, I had to let some things go because I had to prioritize. Mm-hmm. So I, I okay. got it started it, and it's, it's still going today, but I gave it to my niece. Um, she was, um, she's in college and she, you know, she needed something to do. She needs some employment, whatever. So I gave it to her and she can, it's still going. But um, it turned out to be, you know, pretty successful because it's a subscription service. That's, you know, that's money you can count on. So that that means every month she knows, you know, what orders that she needs to fill and um, who she's sending them to. And then, to you know, that gives her space to know, you know, where she's got to get new customers from and, you know, stuff like that. So that's that was a, a small-term successful venture that I got going. Oh, okay. So how do you identify mm-hmm. – um and evaluate potential business opportunities. Do you have a process? I do. I do. I do basically, um, not necessarily in this order, but um, identify potential business opportunities by, like, I say, I say I try to stay informed about emerging trends. So I watch, you know, I watch mm-hmm. the new trends. Then I watch for market gaps and pain points where I see problems at. Um, then I actively engage with, you know, target or target audiences in certain places. That's what, like these social media groups, they're great for that, where you can go in there and see what people are complaining about or what people are looking for. Um, then after I evaluate, you know, the market and the needs and all that stuff for these opportunities, then I evaluate the market size, who my competition is, whether it's scalable or not, and how feasible it is to get it going and how long it will take it to start to make a profit. Oh, wow. Okay. What are some mm-hmm. of the key challenges you face as an entrepreneur, and how did you overcome them? Well, um, early on, one key challenge I remember specifically, and I mean, I'm sure every every uh, business owner or new entrepreneur can identify with this one. My one key challenge I remember I faced was securing funding um, as a new business, trying to, you know, fund your new business. Um, but I but I overcame it by building business credit, which is a process. That's a, that's what you know. That's a month to month process as you build business credit and stuff like that. And then I started exploring like alternative funding sources. Um, got some lines of credit through my own personal credit, which is something they you know they advise you not to do. But that's something I did. And and then once you get your business going, then you can start to leverage the business funds. And leave yourself, you know, and start to leave my funds alone and start using the business funds to, to you know, to yeah. build up more stuff and then, you know, capitalize and start to scale off of that. So that's that was one of the major uh, challenges. Yeah. And then, of course, when you start when you start bringing in people, you start bringing in team members and stuff like that with different, you know, different perspectives and skill sets, and you got to kind of foster that kind of stuff and you know, have good communica- good communication so that you can bring all that stuff in, you know, and, and start yeah. to, you know, start to make it one. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the fact about you using some of your personal to help with your business because a lot of times people get into business and don't realize that sometimes you have to put your personal PG, it's called PG, personal guarantee, on the line, you know, and that's why they oh, say yeah. you always yeah. have good credit. You know, and once you learn how to level that, you know, you can level it through your business afterwards. 
you know. So I'm glad right. that you, you brought that up because a lot of people be like, oh, no, I'm going to get an LLC because I could put everything in my LLC and this, this, that, and third. But they don't have, you know, because everybody listens to a video, right? Mm-hmm. And from that video, mm-hmm. they come up with their own video. And they say, oh, yeah, this is mm-hmm. business credit, but whatever. But they don't tell you the backstory of all of that. They don't tell you, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, some people have to use a personal guarantee. You know, once you get to that fourth tier level, you get things uh, offered to your business because you have that tax ID number. But some things you're going to have to guarantee it through your personal or they won't, you know, they oh, won't the help higher you out, the higher you know? get. Yeah, the higher, that, that, the more credit that you're able to get, the more the more credit I, I start to be able to be eligible before, the more your personal guarantee does come into place. These companies aren't, you know, yeah. they aren't slacking off now about, you know, that kind of stuff. They want to know that, you know, you're going to guarantee, you know, that that $50,000, that $100,000 car yeah. that you're getting out at American Express and stuff like that. So, yeah, you have <laughs> to, it, it, from beginning to end, that credit is going to come into place at all times. It's going to keep yeah. coming up. It's going to keep showing up. So the, there's really no way to circumvent around it. Even if you got to start off and, like you say, you start off with the little net 30s as you build it. But while you're doing mm-hmm. that, be fixing your personal credit. <laughs> you just can't get around yeah. it. Just fix that credit. Yeah. yeah. Get you some letters. People get you some letters. Go on the side. Yeah. They, all, yeah, they all over the net. They all over social media. Get you some letters and go ahead and start fixing that credit. Just ain't nowhere around yeah. it. <laughs> Everybody thinks that LLC is is the say all do all. It's not. You need that personal credit as well. That personal credit, like while you're doing your business, like she said, while you fix, you're doing your tier levels on your LLC, you have to fix that personal as well because that personal is definitely going to show and reflect that okay, this person cares about his personal side besides his business, and he's not going to want to mess that up. You know, so. But mm-hmm. I appreciate you bringing that up. Like I said, you know, everybody tells a good story about the LLC, but they never tell you about, yeah, you got to get that personal side cleared up too. So my next question is, how do you prioritize and manage your time effectively as an entrepreneur? Well, the most valuable the most valuable to any of us have is our time. So time management is the primary, is the center of everything. It's crucial. Um, so I prioritize my task by identifying, of course, what's most important and the urgent things, and then, you know, leverage, of course, my schedule, my calendar. Those are, I have, you know, calendar, um, paper. I, I'm old school. I use paper calendar and my phone. So I don't just have one or the mm-hmm. other because if phone go out or you drop your phone or something happens, I still got my paper calendar. So I got, yeah. I, you know, I do both. And, um, you know, yeah. then I got, you know, deadlines and stuff. I set deadlines and stuff like that. Of course, I try to you try to be early on on deadlines as much as possible so that anything happens, you got a little time in there. And then, too, I delegate yeah. delegating tasks to my team, to, to my VAs. I have VAs, you know, I contract VAs, and that's, those are my team members. And, um, you know, delegating and outsourcing tasks, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I, I'm not a graphic designer. <laughs> Things that I don't do, mm. I don't try to, I, don't, I stay in my lane. My, while they're doing yeah. all this, you know, the other tasks and stuff like that, my job is to be bringing new business into my businesses to keep my businesses going, to keep my, keep my, you know, my team members paid and keep this business growing and keep, you know, things scaling. So that's that's what I'm doing after I dele- delegate off and outsource those, you know, that other stuff that I I don't do. <laughs> okay. 
Got you. What are some of the strategies that you you employ for building and maintaining a strong network of business contracts? Contacts, I'm sorry. I believe in the power of networking big time. I'm, everything that you'll do, business or, business or no business, is, is relationships. And the power mm-hmm. of networking is extraordinary. I, I, I have so many opportunities, so many things that have occurred because I knew somebody or somebody knew that I did something. Hey, you still doing such and such? Hey, I know somebody needs such and such, you know. So the power of relationships, yeah. um, you, can't put a, you can't put a dollar on those. Um, and basically to build and maintain a strong network, you know, I attend, you know, of course, I attend some industry events. Um, I get invited. Now I'm getting invited to speak at conferences where I used to attend. Sometimes now I'm getting, I'm getting invited as a speaker. Um, then I join, you know, relevant uh, professional networking um, circles or, you know, small communities and stuff like that that's involved with the things that I do. So that, you know, one, that we, there's opportunities for collaboration wherein I bring my audience, they bring their audience, and that's an even huge audience. So you've been exposed um, to twice as much, twice as many people that you already know. So that expands you right there, and then you offer value to others. And, uh, you know, uh, they get to tell people that they know, hey, I saw somebody the other day. I was at one of my events, and, you know, this person does this. So, you know, you, they, that's how your name gets passed through the channel and stuff like that to maintain yeah. regular communication with people. And so then, of course, we all know about our social media and emails and, you know, and our chance meetings at these conferences or at these networking spots. That's where you meet people in casual, you know. Um, I don't yeah. do, uh, because business cards change so much, I do electronic business cards. So I scan, you know, we scan business cards on the phone. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. so you never know where that card later on. You might, I'm, I, that always happens to me. I'm looking for something else, and somebody's card pops up. Oh, yeah, I'm going to need that here in a couple of months. You know, so somebody that you've already met, you never know. That that could turn into a valuable a source, or, you know, for something that, that's coming up. You know, so just really building yeah. genuine relationships and providing support to others are key strategies in the building a strong network. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 strong. That's uh, uh, some good advice, you know, because my my company logo, it um, my my um, motto is collaboration is better than competition. You oh, know? absolutely. And people don't understand absolutely. that, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks, oh, you know, because I'm doing this, I can't make money with them because they're doing the same thing. Just do it differently. Sell the same product yeah, and just package it differently. You know? Oh yeah. So. That's being closed minded. We don't yeah, that's being closed minded. Mm-hmm. Close closed minds don't get fed either. So we have to we yeah. have to be open minded to, to interacting with other audiences. You'll be surprised. You you think you don't have any anything in common with the tech people or with the hospitality people or with the you know, the people in these different areas. But our basic needs are all the same, and you just never know where a cross need is going to meet. And you, you, you've already, they've already seen you in action. They've already heard you speak. You know, they know you. You know, they know you're the expert, or you know your stuff. You, so that's half. That's fifty percent of the sale right there. Versus a cold call to somebody you never met. They don't know you. You don't know them. There's anxiety, and you still don't know if you're going, you know, be able to get what you need. <laughs> So you got yeah. so when you yeah. do this networking, that's that's like fifty percent of a sale. That's what I, that's the way I see it. Fifty percent. They've already seen you in action. Yeah, 
with all that you've you've talked about so far, it can be very tiresome. How do you stay motivated during tough times in your entrepreneur's journey? Well, one thing I always keep in mind, it's always a larger purpose behind the entrepreneur journey. You're not just doing if you if people get into building a business or businesses or whatever for money, then you gon' you gon' that's gonna die way before you you know way way before you do. So you have to get into this is a whole it's a whole larger purpose behind being an entrepreneur journey. You gotta have something that makes you want that drives you other than just the money. And um, I surround myself with a support system of mentors and, and fellow entrepreneurs and people that's connected that understand my plight. They go through the same thing or been through the same thing, mm. you know, and they understand the challenges. And a lot of times you'll be there just some people just have a contagious energy. That energy is just good to be around, good energy, good people and people that understand. I also see inspiration from, you know, success stories. Um, gauging. I take self care. I am a traveler. When I'm not doing business stuff, I'm off. I'm I'm you know traveling. I'm enjoying myself. I'm sitting down. I'm taking care of me for you know a few hours. When I get back, if I have big projects, I break those down into smaller sections. I don't try to take on every, one big one big thing at a time. I break it down in small sections and do and and that small you know that broke that that smaller section each day is the goal, not the big project. And that's how you yeah. get through a, a lot of it. It's to maintain a sense of progress and motivation, you know. So it, that that's really yeah. the basis of it. Yeah, just keep a pace. You don't try to you don't try to eat the whole lion. You cut the lion up in pieces. <laughs> and, yeah, you, you gotcha. Know, and just, and just yeah, and take it from there. Okay. Can you describe a situation where you had to take a calculated risk as an entrepreneur, and what was the outcome? Um, yeah, there was one instance. Um I wanted to uh, well I did I invested in a significant portion um uh from uh one of the businesses into developing a new product uh for the business. Mm-hmm. And um it involved taking it was you know, involved some risk. It was some calculated risk. Um, you know, as most time is required and um out of your finance, out of your finance, you know, you already got your people you gotta pay, you already got your you know, your set bills them up, but this was gonna be this was going to be a risk taker if it, you know, whether it did or did not work. And so, of course, there was some uncertainty. You know, you can't always, market was good at the time, but who's to say next week, you know, things won't change. So, there's, you know, markets are up and down. However, um, you know, I went through and checked some things, you know, checked that there was really a need, which there, I found there was customer validation. That's called customer validation to check that there's actually a need for what you're trying to do and some strategic marketing and stuff like that. And um, it resulted in a good, you know, it was a good deal. It, for the first probably 30, 30 to 60 days, I was like, oh, I don't know. But then round about, I want to say around the, around the third to the fourth month, um, I thought mm-hmm. increased sales and, and profit, yeah, profit margin. So it was it turned out to be a good decision. And, you know, but it's a, like you say, it's a risk. Sometimes you, you take risks like that for your business to, to, up, to scale stuff and to grow it. Yeah. How do you approach decision makings in your business? Do you rely on more data or intuition? A probably a balanced approach um, when it comes to that. I do gather the information. I check out stuff. I make sure there's a, need, a real need, not just perceived need. See, when we look on social media, we see a lot of stuff, and we that, that to me that's a perceived need. 
I take numbers. <laughs> I take numbers. I see what mark what the market looks like. I see what kind of consumer behavior looks like. I look at I look for financial, you know, financial indicators and stuff like that, and check for real needs. Um, and you know, and do that. And then too, sometimes things just come to you based off experience. Sometimes numbers ain't going It might not be enough data. You can look at some stuff. Like for instance, when I set up that um, subscription service for that for those dog treats. It was it was some information uh-huh. out there, but it just wasn't it wasn't enough data for me to go back say like five six years because five six years ago people weren't doing a, apparently people weren't doing a subscription service for dog treats, so I didn't have a whole lot of mm. data. But I just went on a hunch. I went on based what I did see and a hunch, and then you know just being out kind of in a market to see what was really going on. And so when you sometimes you're gonna follow a hunch, you're gonna follow your intuition or your and your business experience. So it's a, I would say it's a balanced approach on all three of those, you know, when making, making, you know, those type of decisions. Okay, okay. What role do you believe innovation plays in entrepreneurship, and how do you foster a, a culture of innovation for your ventures? Well, innovation is like the lifeblood of entrepreneurship. You know, that involves um, you got to identify a need. Um, develop uh, creative mm-hmm. solutions and, and adapt to changing market. Um, so you can foster a culture of innovation. I encourage an open, inclusive working in environments where everyone's ideas are valued. Um, although I have my VAs, you know, and they're contracted people, but I, we, we meet once a week. Hey, what's your idea for this week? If this is what we got going this week, you know, what you, how do you think we should approach this? Or, you know, what, oh, yeah, and, and now – because I, we work with each other and we understand each other's language and, and, and how we communicate and stuff like that, and we have good, you know, communication among the group. Now, you know, most of the time, I don't have to ask. They'll just – when I get in or when I uh, open up that session, then it, they already, hey, this is what I got. This is what I'm thinking for this week. Or this is where me and Maria done talked, and I could do this, and then I could roll this over her to finish off that. You know, so the team already gets it. And just really having good communication lines um, is is the biggest place in the middle of all of that. But that fosters the innovation and you know get mindsets going. Everybody got a different skill set in that group too. So I you know I might not be good on one thing, but they can see where something else can work much much easier than maybe what I came up with. So then brainstorming sessions and cross and that cross you know cross functional training that stuff there is key. And if you're not cross-functioning in your business, then you really, you really just wasting good talent. And that's a lot of times that's why people leave. Not after the money, after people leaving for the money, then the other reason is because they're not being used to the max, to their max. They're not being their 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 greatest skills are not being used. That's the second reason people are leaving a job. So you know you just gotta know how to capitalize on people's skill set and and make it work for you. Okay. Now, it's a little bit personal, but I have another question for you. Can, okay. you. can you share a failure or a setback you've experienced as an entrepreneur and the lesson you learned from it? Absolutely. There was there was one business, um, a business idea I had early on. This is before I actually went full-fledged full business. And I, I set up this partnership, attempting to set up this business partnership with somebody. And like you said, we talked we talked about things, but I just didn't get things in writing. 
And that was the worst worst thing you could ever do is set up. If you're going to set up any kind of business with anybody, you need to, I call it preparing a divorce at the, at the beginning, at the, at the marriage stage. You do, you set the divorce yeah. up right there. That way, when anything, if something goes wrong or it does go away, at the end, you already know what's going to happen because that's already been detailed and that's already been decided up front. And um, I didn't, and so it did, while it didn't like cost me a whole lot, but the separation of the abrupt separation did cost me like a lot of time. I, you know, I had to, I had to gather up some things and pull some things back together because once we decided it was an abrupt split, you know, we disagreed on something and the person, you know, said, well, it's my business. And you know, I said, Oh no, 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 hold up, hold up. <laughs> that ain't what we got working here. I got stuff in there just as, you know, as much stuff in here just as well as you. I've committed just as much as you have. So then, well, I, you know, well, I think we just need to go our separate ways. So that is what happened. And I had to regroup on some of the things that they were doing. You know what I'm saying? So had I had I thought about that and had that in writing and had that set up at the beginning, it could have even been worse than that because I was talking to my attorney and later on I got, you know, got an attorney and did set up some things later on for the future. But it just taught me so many lessons up front. And had I, you know, yeah. had I been prepared, it would have just kept right on going smoothly. You know, instead of the the abrupt, you know, breaking time there where I had to go back out and hustle and get things together and pull some things back together because of the split. So you know, but it was a good lesson, lesson learned. And from then on, I pro- I haven't done any partnerships. Now I do collaborations all the time, and I've done a few joint ventures, but I don't do partnerships anymore. And that's just my personal preference. Not saying that partnerships can't work, but I just don't do them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> I can tell you a story, boy, but, you know, this is your interview, so I ain't going to go into it. But it's very important to make sure that your business is structured correctly because if it's not, boy, you will pay for it, you know. Oh, yeah, the business was, no, no, the setup of the business was structured, but how things would go should we decide to separate the separation, that part was not defined. And so yeah. that's way I, that could have. Thank goodness, I, I thank my lucky stars. I say sometimes it, it was it was a good lesson, but a good lesson in disguise because that person I was the biz, I was a person more business savvy. That person was is not. Yeah. That person was more or less uh, a worker. Uh, you know, take hands on yeah. technician. They more worker. I was the business person. So thank goodness, I had some business savvy and I knew how to pull some things together. You know, and and keep and I did. I kept on going, and I had my. I ended up having my own. I my own thing. I changed the name, changed my. You know, got me a name, threw my own business, my own stuff together, shifted what I already had, and then gathered up what I didn't have and moved on. <laughs> but thank yeah. goodness I knew how to do that because had I not, I would have been you know real mess. And two, you know, um, you know that person was well. You know, I'm gonna need the bank cards. Uh, no, no, no. I I opened a bank account, and that was my money got put in that bank account. Can you show me some receipt where you put in some money? In there? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's stuff like that. You, I mean, you know, people get you'll be surprised. Like you said, stuff people try to pull, they know they didn't contribute on the end. So that in order to avoid all mm-hmm. of that, I should have had all of that stuff in writing. But thank goodness they went on. They went on their way. I went on my way, and I was able to, re, you know, establish myself and reestablish and get things going. But had there been somebody who was just like me, I would have probably not been so lucky. Yeah, definitely. Well, 
Mm-hmm. I appreciate you coming on to the show and answering our Thank questions. You. But I have one more thing to ask of you. Can you please sure. give everybody your contact information and um, Facebook, email, whatever, so that they can reach out to you if they're looking to try to start their own business or, you know, even need somebody to mentor them? Okay. Um, for the email, they can contact AGC, A is in Apple, G is in George, C is in Cat, wholesale at gmail.com. AGC Wholesale. Okay. Um, yeah, my phone number you want to lose that? My, oh, sorry, uh, three, I'm sorry. Two, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. my, um, my Instagram, I have an Instagram, and it's Dr. Dr. She, S-H-E, and serves, S-E-R-V-E-S. So it's uh, Dr. She Serves. That's my Instagram. Okay. You want to leave a phone number? Okay. And um, a number, normally we just get messages here um, for guests or whatever. Most of vendors um, contact this one. But if you call here and leave a message, we can't get, it's, you know, we're pretty quick on this on this number. It's 321-710-6568. All right. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Hopefully, we'll thank you for back having me. And you can uh, yes, talk about some enjoy. more ventures, and uh, maybe we can get you to do a class on um, helping people start their business, or you know, maybe somebody can just reach out to you if they hear this podcast this evening, and maybe you can you know help somebody and show them how to structure their business. Okay. You know? All right. Well, I'm hey, that's what we are. We resources and that's what we are here to do is help somebody else come along, you know, come along in the process and not make the same, you know, bumbles that we made and then too share some of the successes we made. So hey, that's what it's all about. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Y'all have a great night. You okay, too. you too. Thank you. And we want to thank everyone for tuning in to the show. Thank you guys for listening. And that does it for us. And join us Saturday at 1030 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.